I want you to know I practiced on this sermon that, uh, and on that gospel text because of that word harvest, because I'm often accused of coming from the East Coast of not using the letter R, and so I say harvest. So I've been harvest. I've really been trying hard. St. Luke is the only gospel writer to record this very interesting event of Jesus calling 72 men and sending them out as essentially missionaries. Though not equal to the apostles, they were nonetheless given incredible authority to prepare the communities that Jesus intended on visiting, tasked with healing the sick and proclaiming the essential gospel message that the kingdom of God is at hand for you. And as they were sent, Jesus told them, the harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. But he also warned them, behold, I am sending you like lambs among meaning that the powers of this world will do everything possible to seduce them into complacency, violently attack them, or attack the message that they were entrusted with. Because the gospel is the living voice of Jesus in the world, he assures us tonight that this harvest is still abundant. This is so evident when wherever the church faces intense persecution, particularly right now in Muslim countries, against all odds, the faith continues to grow. Christians are standing their ground, even if it means expulsion from their homelands or death. We see more and more Muslims converting to Christianity because of the witness of these holy martyrs who do not need to murder other people in the name of Jesus as militant Muslims need to do in the name of their God. We see a large number of men, despite all the deprivations they suffer in their societies, listening to and experiencing the call to the priesthood to become laborers for the Lord's harvest. Many men and women, despite all the violence and deprivations they are subjected to, are hearing the call to become catechists, teachers, to help teach the faith in their communities, especially a community that does not have a priest. A long time ago, a family invited me out to dinner. The issue of vocations to the priesthood came up, and the woman, with deep intensity, said, it's so sad. We're not producing the vocations that we need. What are we going to do? Her husband nodded in, in agreement. And I asked them, well, how many sons do you have? Proudly, they answered, we have four. Would you support any of them to listen to and say yes to the Lord if they were called to the priesthood? Well, Mama became like a grizzly bear protecting her cubs, let me tell you. And she made it very clear 
She had great expectations for each of her sons to become successful, to marry well, and supply her with lots and lots of grandchildren. And no, she would never support any one of them to become a priest. So being the tactful person that I am, <laughs> why do you laugh? I said, so then you expect a mother and a father somewhere in Vietnam, the Philippines, the Middle East, India, Africa, to support their son to become a priest, to learn a whole new language, adjust to a completely alien culture, and come here to serve you while you actively discourage your son from saying yes to the Lord? And she said, well, Father, you make it sound like I'm very selfish. <laughs> How can it be otherwise? How many in our affluent society allow all the packaging of life, all of its amusing distractions, the taskmaster of work, or all the cultural placebos, to deter us from serious discernment and lull us into complacency where we are neither hot nor cold for the Lord, but just lukewarm. Jesus warns the lukewarm in Revelation chapter 3, verse 16, I will spit you out. And he's not joking. How important is the faith to us? How important is it that we have access to the sacraments? How important is it that we have access to quality faith formation programs, Bible studies, and various other programs to grow in our faith? How important is it to know that if you or a loved one or a close friend is suddenly rushed to the ER or rushed into ICU, the priest is only a few minutes away to come over and fortify his soul with the gift of the sacrament of the sick that brings forgiveness of sins, promises eternal life. Do you want a resident priest in Buffalo? Or is it acceptable to be reduced to a mission out of Sheridan or Gillette? That was once part of this parish's history. Is it okay to repeat that? How important is it for you to volunteer, to help teach the faith to our young, to lead study groups. See, how we answer, how we evade answering, how we refuse to answer, reveals just how seriously we take the gift of our faith and the gift of our church. I had no intentions of becoming a priest, not even a blip on the radar. Never dawned on me until a man in my parish came up to me and said, you know, I noticed how reverently you proclaim God's word. Have you ever thought about becoming a priest? And I just, <laughs> I just laughed at him. It seemed so utterly ridiculous. 
He didn't flinch one bit. He simply said, please, think about it. And that started the ball rolling. It took guts for him to ask the question. But in asking, it forced me to take a look at all the things that I was allowing to silence the Lord's call. Career, time with friends, trying to find the right woman to marry, possessions, all the stuff the world says, insists, are the only things that can make me happy. That man's courage to ask the question began the process of my moving all those things to the side, painful at times to be sure, but it allowed me to begin to see life very differently. Jesus assures us the harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. Are we asking ourselves, others, to be his laborers? If we aren't, we deserve whatever happens. As we celebrate the 4th of July coming up, I would ask that we all be a bit mindful that our freedom did not come cheaply. It came at the cost of hundreds of thousands of lives of men and women who believed it was okay to sacrifice their lives for something greater than their own life. I think we need to remember this as we stuff our faces with hamburgers and hot dogs and, and all those other accoutrements. We need to remember that if we are going to remain a free people, we, not government, are to be in charge of the destiny of this nation. Let's reflect on that for the fourth.